Hey Greg, uh, episode one is A New Hope, right? Uh, no, that was episode four. Are you sure? I'm, I'm pretty sure episode four was uh, not, was New Hope, yeah. And you got me confused. Episode one was with the little kid, Phantom Menace. No, I don't think that's right, Greg. Yeah, you gotta go chronologically. I don't know what chronologically means. <laughs> what, what are we talking about, Greg? Oh, wait. It's episode one of Latchkey Dads with Greg and, and Tim. Tim. <laughs> this episode has been recorded in April of 2022. And in it, we look back 42 years to April of 1980. We will interview Howard Stern, Dolly Parton, and Lionel Richie. Oh, Tim. Uh, sorry, but those interviews fell through. Really? Yeah, they said no. <sighs> well, okay. We will share some historical details about Howard Stern, Dolly Parton, and Lionel Richie, as well as other events from that month, and share some details about ourselves and our experiences back in the day. Hey, Tim. I was thinking, why don't we take a couple of minutes and introduce ourselves to our listeners? That's a great idea, Greg. Hello, listeners. My name is Tim, and I'm excited to be starting this podcast. I was born in the 70s in rural Pennsylvania and grew up on a non-working farm with my older brother and two younger sisters. We enjoyed all the magic that came out of the 80s, riding our bikes everywhere, playing Atari, going to arcades, and playing with all those great toys, Transformers, G.I. Joe, Mask. And we grew up never wearing helmets, and we rarely got hurt. Well, I did have a bunch of stitches in my forehead uh, from crashing my tricycle, and I did smash my face off our half-pipe more than a few times, and I did take a hockey stick to the face once. Uh, Well, I guess it's fair to say that I led with my face whenever I fell. But we rarely got hurt. Moving on, today I'm married with teenage boy-girl twins. It's been a while since those summers in the 80s. Over the last two years, I've met some new friends playing a game I never thought I would play. You guessed it, Dungeons and Dragons. During those games, we've reminisced quite a bit about the great stuff that we did and enjoyed back in the 80s. One of those guys happens to be one of my new best friends and co-host, Greg. Say, Greg, tell our listeners about you. Sure, Tim. Hi, my name is Greg, and I was lucky enough to be born in the year 1975. I grew up in rural New Jersey and played Dungeons and Dragons back when it still scared parents. I did not wear a bike helmet and had to be home when the street lamp came on. I went to Temple University in Philadelphia and settled in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. I am married with three kids, a set of 17-year-old identical twin boys, and another 14-year-old son. Tim and I met as our kids are friends, and we soon discovered we like the same stuff. Uh, so one day, we both decided to make a podcast, and here we are. Hey, Tim. What's happening in April of 1980? You know, it's funny you should ask, Greg. In April... Of 1980, post-its, post-it notes were introduced. Oh, nice. Yeah. You know, and uh, a lot of people think that that's when they actually were created. But 
I was doing a little digging and I found out that in 1968, there was a scientist that was trying to create a really sticky substance and managed to make something that was mildly sticky and worked to hold pieces of paper together without making them stick so tightly that they would tear. So that um, was quite a few years before 1980 when they were introduced. Wow. So it took 22 years for, for that to come out and talk about like success through failure, right? Yeah. That's <laughs> some good math by you, by the way. Well done. <laughs> and only 10 fingers, I wouldn't have got the 22 very quickly. <laughs> well, you know, along with that is why are they yellow? Do you know? Uh, I don't. Why are they yellow? Oh, um, I was going <laughs> to... I thought you were setting me up to set you up. <laughs> well, it's funny, you know, because I actually do know why they're yellow. I was just seeing you. Craig. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Something to do with a yellow legal pet. <laughs> You still with us, listener? Because we're really knowledgeable we're about really good stuff at that. and things. <laughs> so the canary yellow was mm-hmm. not the original um, magical marketing guy who came in and said they should be yellow. It was actually, actually an accident because the scientists used a scrap of yellow notepad when they were testing the glue. And that uh, that's their... For a reason now, they decided that was a great color to make post-its. And believe it or not, um, they are still the most popular color that people buy when they buy post-its. Are they really? Yeah, pretty amazing, right? I like the multicolor one. You know, the yeah. blue, the pink, the yellow. That way it just, you know, it's a little it sounds, It sounds like you, Greg. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> Very so cool. moving on, also in April of 1980, the Summer Olympics were boycotted in moscow that's right yeah yeah that's probably about the most intense real life information that we will share on this podcast by the way that's about it yeah yeah so (laughs) back to the fun stuff (laughs) (laughs) um actually this is kind of cool in uh on april 21st of 1980 howard stern made his radio debut in detroit michigan which i thought was pretty cool to think that he's been around since you know, 1980, that's more math than I can figure out at this yeah. point. Uh, yeah, that I was four, so definitely a listener <laughs> at four, listening to Howard. <laughs> WNBC, WNBC. <laughs> yeah, and if, if you're not a fan of Howard Stern, I'm not sure, you know, even if uh, if it's uh, give and take a little bit at a time, you kind of appreciate the humor. Yeah, and, you know, just the, the longevity. And, I mean, he was a trailblazer, you know, again, whether you love uh, his his brand of comedy or, mm-hmm. or not. I mean, he, he definitely blazed the trail for a lot of what, you know, is out there now as far as, you know, radio radio personalities and, and the type of content. And, you know, it's it's uh, it's pretty amazing, really. Yeah, and I was, you know, a big, big fan in the late 90s and, and was excited when he did transition to um, satellite or Sirius XM radio. Uh, at the time, it was like, wow, what is he going to do? Because now he's unfiltered. And, and it was pretty much the same show, yeah. just curse words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's about it. But uh, it's pretty amazing, though, when you think about when that transition happened. I, I heard a staggering number oh, yeah. that uh, Howard earns, ready for this, 274 thousand seven hundred and twenty five dollars a day 
a day. Yeah, that's that's uh, that'll buy some some new sneaks. <laughs> I thought uh, you were gonna say a month. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, that's that's our goal, really. I think yeah. we're pretty close. You know, <laughs> we're listeners. You know, we're probably in that uh, you know in that range. Wow. <laughs> That is a boatload of money. Yeah. That, that's amazing. Yeah. And he's used that to be able to do amazing things. Like um, I heard he's a brown belt in Japanese uh, okay. Shokando Karate. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So don't pick a fight. <laughs> don't pick a fight with uh, with Howard Stern is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. You know, although $274,725 might fall out of his pockets, you know, as he's kicking and <laughs> roundhousing. Yeah. <laughs> Knock his wallet away while you're bleeding on the ground. Yeah. And pick yeah. it up later. Just go for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, let's see. What else happened in April of 1980? Um, it, it was a real turkey uh, in terms of uh, movies being released. So you're not looking at any great movies coming out of April 1980. Uh, two worthwhile ones that I found. The Gambler with Kenny Rogers. I have not seen that. Uh, I know the song. Yeah. Great song. Know the song, know the name, but never saw it. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I didn't even know it was a movie <laughs> until I looked this up. We're learning things on the fly. Yeah. Uh, and the other one is a movie that um, The Watcher in the Woods, which mm-hmm. again is maybe I was just too young to, to see it. So just. Yeah, that one I don't even. I don't know the name. Don't know yeah. anything about it. So there you go, listener. Some not very useful information about a movie called The Watcher in the mm. Woods. <laughs> you know what month it came out. That's there right. <laughs> April of 1980. Check it out. So uh, in addition to movies, obviously music is a big part of our entertainment lives. And uh, back in that same April of 1980. Some of the album releases were uh, ones that my brother uh, was very excited about. The Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden's self-titled debut album came out in April of 1980. That's a big one right there. That's a big one. Yeah. yeah. A big big metal head here, at least I was in my younger days, and, and Iron Maiden was, was up there with the best. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And to this day, my brother still, like any new Iron Maiden that's out, which I didn't even know they were still putting out albums, which uh, apparently they are. And uh, my brother's listening. Uh, he's enjoying it. Yeah, It's my brother, too. He, he's a big, big metal fan, and I'm sure he's uh, checking it out. But I did see Iron Maiden in concert. Nice. And they were really, really good. Yeah. I have to say, it was a show. They came to play. They weren't, you know, fooling around on stage or whatever. It was just awesome. And they do a lot of a, a stage presence with that that eddie character yeah, you yeah. Know, the, the creepy looking dude and yeah. and you know they had him come out on stage one and then they had this huge version of him come up over the drum set and, and nice. it, it was it was a it was a fun concert i, I was impressed yeah. as far as that, that goes yeah nice yeah my brother he went uh within the last i'll say three or four years and i couldn't go with him and so my younger sister went along with him and she i don't even know if she had ever heard any iron maiden music but you know they're up you know in the in the rafters you know everybody's you know singing along and and she's out of nowhere getting like popcorn and some other like treats and she looks and it's this guy that she knows from you know just uh, interacting throughout her life and he's like sending food over to her <laughs> so she had like popcorn and like cotton candy while she's at like an iron maiden concert so that was pretty wild but anyway that is that is funny <laughs> the small world right yeah yeah <laughs> So, in addition to Iron Maiden, The Cure put out their 17 Seconds album. Um, 
My wife is a big Cure fan. Um, My wife as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I know their music, but um, at, again, at four, you know, I know I had probably had dyed my hair black and yeah. sort of melancholy, but uh, <laughs> no spears. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, you know, uh, I had no idea that The Cure had been around that long. I really thought they were more of like a mid mid to late eighties band. I, I didn't know that they've uh, they were around. I wonder if that is their debut album. I'm going to go ahead and say that I didn't do the research, but yes, it is 100% oh, their debut album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny, uh, shifting in uh, styles and genres of music, uh, Dolly Parton put out her oh. Dolly, Dolly, Dolly album, which uh, again, uh, you know, when I was younger, I mean, I knew of Dolly Parton, but I really yeah. had no idea, you know, how um, amazing and intelligent she is. I mean, she's as a, a marketing just maven with the things that she's done in her career and you know, it's 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 mind-boggling, really. And a real philanthropist, she really is a good person. Yeah, uh, at heart. So yeah, yeah. I, I know she has a program for young kids to get uh, you know reading material and, and books. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I, I actually on the side I, I illustrate some children's books, and we've we've tried to, to get in with with Dolly. With, oh, yeah. uh, apparently, she's partnered with a pretty big publishing house and that handles oh, okay. all that. But yeah, it's it's really she's an incredible woman <laughs> and done some amazing things. She has Dollywood, which, from what I understand, was built um, really to give people jobs. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'd never heard cool. that. It's amazing. Yeah. 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 Oh, and, and one more fun fact about Dolly Parton. When I was a little kid, because she was famous even way before 1980, you know, she'd been around. When I was a little kid, I actually thought she was famous for being well endowed. I, you know, I was yeah. like six well, years I, old. And, and I mean, she marketed herself that way. And, and, and like, yeah, as a kid, you know, you think like, oh, it's she's maybe not aware of like why, it, you know whatever and, and yeah. you know and then you realize you no know, that was all like part of her her marketing you know herself yeah. to be you know to be popular and, and to use that and, and yeah it's pretty <laughs> pretty wild made an impression on yeah. a six-year-old greg <laughs> that's true that's true <laughs> uh so back to the uh you know the heavy metal Ju- judas priest put out their british steel album <laughs> Uh, again, you know, my brother and his friends were just so into all that kinds of music, and yeah. you know, me being the, the little the little brother for years younger, I was always you know whatever they were into, I was buying concert shirts with you know yep. Judas Priest and Iron Maiden. Couldn't so. name one song, but I was like, <laughs> yeah, Judas Priest. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, switching over to uh, this is one that I'm completely unaware of. I don't remember this at all, but it's X. Uh, yeah, apparently it's a pretty big album, Los Angeles, uh, yeah. and I don't know much about that either. So we'll just yeah. <laughs> maybe if listeners want to uh, uh, contact us and check us and let us know about X, we'll be happy to uh, report back. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, we're gonna leave a five second break here for our email address. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so switching over to the uh, Billboard Top 100. Um, I'm just going to rattle off a couple of these here. Blondie put out their Call Me. Uh, Pink Floyd, Another Brick in the Wall, Part 2. Christopher Cross, Ride Like the Wind. Those three right there, those all stick in my mind as songs that I just heard so many times during that. I mean, how much of it carried forward beyond, you know, April of 1980. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, those songs really... Um, big songs. Big songs. Yeah. Big, big songs that, that really, you know, carried through, you know so many years beyond that you know yeah you know the pink floyd was kind of like an anthem 
as a kid when you're like, you know, uh, yeah. uh, we don't need yeah, no yeah. education. Yeah. Yeah. So just, uh, <laughs> it was like, you know, oh, I'm such a rebel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever we had pudding after dinner, yeah. you know, we were all like, <laughs> you can't eat your pudding if you don't eat your meat. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, after that, there's a few other songs that um, Billy Preston and Michael Jackson. Yeah, Michael Jackson. That was a big one off the wall. Um, yeah, I mean, it's funny. My dad loved uh, Michael Jackson, Billy Ocean. Yeah. You know, a lot of that, uh, you know, stuff that came out of the Commodores and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, Lionel so he, Richie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lionel was key. I mean, we. <laughs> my dad played Lionel Richie so much, uh, you know, I, and, and to this day, I still love Lionel Richie. I could listen to it anytime. <laughs> we got to fade in some Lionel Richie here because it's go. good yeah. stuff right there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's funny. And I mean, to Lionel's credit, I mean, he's still, I mean, uh, you know, his, his, uh, his music probably isn't as popular as it once was, but his, his persona and, and what he's done on, uh, I don't know. Um, he's, uh, he's what a is judge. Tim thinking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was waiting there for Lionel to talk and he, he seems to have stepped out on He's not at his mic, but he's uh, a judge. Yeah. He's a judge on, uh, American Idol. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, I think it's him and Katy Perry and a country singer, maybe. Oh, okay. And yeah, so it, it's fun to see Lionel kind of back in the limelight. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah I didn't know that. Yeah. Once, once the rude British guy was gone, I, I was kind of like, all right, he's not going to make fun of anybody. Then I'm going to check out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, I did hear something, you know, funny thing about Michael Jackson and Off the Wall, and I'd have to double check this, but I remember in 1992, I was in high school when Michael Jackson came out with Black or White, I mm. if you remember that song. Yeah, yeah. And that hit number one on the charts. And at the time, this was early 90s, Michael Jackson was the first person to have a number one hit in four decades. The 60s, 70s, 80s, and then, and then that was his first wow. number one hit in the 90s. I don't think he made, I don't think he had a number one hit in the 2000s, but... Yeah, I, I I wouldn't know, but yeah, that's amazing. That, I mean, when you think of the, I mean, he had such an amazing you know career yeah. as far as you know like all of his accomplishments and you know just the moonwalk alone. I mean, <laughs> any guy who can wear a, a, a sequin studded glove and get away with it is yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is funny. I still am prone to moonwalking out of a room just for no no reason whatsoever. Just you know, <laughs> look at my kids, look at my wife, and then moonwalk out of the room. It's a great way to, to set an exit. Right? <laughs> 100%. <laughs> The longest jump by a jet boat is set at 120 feet. Sounds far, but it's it's not really that far, Tim. I mean, it's not that long of a distance. You know, color me unimpressed, but I think someone would have accidentally jumped a boat longer than 120 feet. Uh, you would think someone would have smashed this record. It's been 42 years. However, our crack investigation team spent five minutes on Google, and it appears that that is still the record. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's crazy. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny, though, how much that era of the 80s was all about stunts and kind of got me thinking how that was so much a big part of a kid's life in the 80s. And conversely, how my kid's childhood 
was relatively stunt free. <laughs> I was digging through some of the bins of stuff that my mom had given me, um, you know, from all the stuff I had when I was a kid, and it all lives in my garage now. And I found a program from a stunt show that my parents took my brother and I to uh, sometime around 1980, and it was called the Jack Cockman's Hell Drivers. Great name. Great name. <laughs> Great name. <laughs> and it had all kinds of crazy, dangerous car and motorcycle stunts, uh, 28 in all, according to the program, one of which was called the Autobats, uh, which was basically uh, acrobats that were standing on top of a car um, while they did stunts, and also Happy the Clown, <laughs> which that alone just seeing the picture of this clown is enough to scare the bejesus out of anybody <laughs> um but yeah and and you know all those stunts uh it just it, it was all done in just regular street cars that they put some extra paint on and <laughs> oh my gosh you know thinking about that though did did you and your brother ever do any kind of crazy stunts when you guys were kids well you know never with a car well I'm not going to say never with a car. <laughs> That'll be for another time. But uh, um, we used to do uh, like some stunts with a with a riding lawnmower. <laughs> that, that alone, you don't have to say anymore, <laughs> right? Um, it was me and a friend in high school, and um, what we would do is we would uh, take a bunch of golf balls and throw them all over his backyard, uh, and I would drive <laughs> drive the. the club cadet and he would sit perched on the hood uh with a golf club and i'm sure you can imagine what we were doing uh we were doing a little polo and um so i'd gun the the, the lawnmower and he'd start swinging trying to see how many of the golf balls he could whack and uh well this one time his backswing uh was a little bit too much a backswing and uh he went ass over teacups <laughs> off the hood of the uh, the club cadet and those turning radiuses really weren't very good and i I, I tried to turn um, out of the way, but uh, then I felt the bump bump <laughs> as the back tires went over his <laughs> legs. Um, but, uh, yeah, he walked it off. He was okay. Yeah, like a good product of the 80s. Yeah, you, know, you just rub some dirt on it and you'll be Keep fine. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. And, you know, conversely, you know, when I think about, you know, my own kids and the closest thing that they've ever done, you know, remotely close to, you know, like a you know, a stunt spectacular show or something right. like that, you know, is uh, Monster Jam. You ever taken your kids to see Monster Jam? No, I, I have never uh, taken the kids to see something like that. If That sounds so much fun, though. Yeah, it was, I mean... All things considered, it was a blast, you know, but it's funny, like even the protection level, like when we were kids, we would go and like, it didn't matter how loud anything was. We all just sat there, you know, and your ears would ring for days after, but (laughs) no big deal. Like we all had to buy these, you know, same kind of, you know, cans we've got on right now to protect our ears, you know, for all the kids and, and, uh, uh, but the the show itself, I mean, it's it's in an arena, and man, when they crank over those engines and monster trucks, I mean, it is like ear split, ear splitting loud, you know. But uh, but yeah, when we were kids, it was just like y'all just sat there, and <laughs> it is what it is, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but you know, one crazy, what also put in the category of crazy, you know, adventure we took with our kids is uh, we went to see a, 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 a demolition derby. Uh, which in a little town outside of where we are, it's called Shardlesville. <laughs> nah, you, know, you don't have to say anything else. You're right? making that up. <laughs> Shardlesville. Uh, they have an old-fashioned demolition derby. Uh, it's crazy. It's just you know tons of exhaust and fires and uh, the French fries are unbelievable. I mean that alone is reason to go. Cooked in lard. Oh right? yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. 
But um, the the funniest part of going to see the the demolition derby was the parking situation. Uh, it's kind of an interesting story. Would you like to hear it, Greg? Uh, heck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you know, we we go to park. You're in a field, and you know they they just start you know waving you in, and they're parking cars. You know head to toe head to toe two lines we get out we go in we enjoy the you know the demolition derby it's starting to get late for us for our kids you know they have to be in bed by eight o'clock kind of right <laughs> 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 meanwhile the, the the demolition derby is nowhere near being over gonna run till 11 12 o'clock at night but we decide okay the kids have had enough we're gonna we're gonna get, take them home and um we get out to the car and notice that they have now parked these two rows of cars into not two parallel lines, but a triangle. <laughs> so at one end is a bunch of cars that you can know it. There's no way you can get between. And at the other end is a fence. So, um, you know, we, we, uh, managed to, uh, disassemble a bit of the, the fence and, and get out of there. Well, wait, wait, there's a little more to this story than that. Wait. What do you mean disassembled the fence? Well, you know, I, I took my truck and uh, I spun it around and uh, <laughs> put the rear end towards the fence and uh, demolition derbied my way out, out of the parking lot. You were inspired. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> footnote on that story, I actually just uh, went over and it was a split rail fence and took out a couple of the uh, rails and my wife drove the car through and then I put the fence back together and no harm, no foul. <laughs> <laughs> You're a good guy, man. You put the fence back when you were done. That That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it is funny though i mean even you know obviously the, the the types of events we would go to and things like that were all very stunt driven and and intense but even the toys you know from back then it was all about you know crashing and smashing evil and can evil yeah 100 percent. you know and and one of the toys that um i found in one of these these bins that my mom gave me is the dukes of hazard uh stunt track and uh some of the 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 bullet points on it are really kind of funny it's uh (laughs) it shifts into second speed whoa Whoa. two speeds (laughs) two speeds right (laughs) it's pretty awesome it charges up the ramp which you know it's you know a lot there right that's (laughs) charging up up the the ramp ramp. (laughs) i don't know what that means but it's impressive (laughs) it does jump long distances which made me wonder is it possible that this old toy could jump 126 feet and, and beat that record of the <laughs> I think the it probably could <laughs> actually I think it was 180 feet um, but yeah there were so many uh, you know toys and everything in that you know when we were kids I mean everything we did was sort of in that same vein of like what can we jump over mm. what can we what you know board can we lean against another board and ride a bike over and you know all that kind of great stuff but uh, it did make me think of my first bike. It was a department store bike. Well, let me back up. My first bike were were hand-me-down bikes for my brother. And then eventually I graduated to my own new bike. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a big deal. It was called the Golden Eagle. Whoa. Yeah, that's pretty amazing, fancy. right? It was all black <laughs> with like gold stickers and everything. And nice. Yeah. It was, uh, it was pretty awesome. Do you remember your first bike? I remember having a, a blue Huffy. Um, and I did, like you, I had the hand-me-downs for a while. But I think the Blue Huffy was my first uh, dirt bike. And, you know, how much did you love your first dirt bike? You oh, know, yeah. I, I can still feel the handlebar grips. Yeah, yeah. Like the rubber, like, uh, ends on it. Like, it, it was just, it was the most important thing when I was, like, 12 years old was my bike. Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, that's, 
we'd get home from school and it was like we just would ride our bikes and okay. we'd ride our bikes some more and then <laughs> and we'd get flashlights and we'd hold Let's them over the there. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, biking was was such a big part of us. And, it was. Yeah. You know, it, it was funny. We, you know, in the whole theme of, of uh, stunts and things like that, um, riding wheelies was like, that was the thing. <laughs> you know, for a couple summers, it seemed like that was all we did was, you know, there was this telephone pole in front of our house. And so that was the starting point. You know, we'd we'd ride around a little loop. We'd come up to the telephone pole and then pop that wheelie and just see, see how, how long we could go. go. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, it was funny. Like in the you know in the beginning, I'm the little kid. I'm three years younger. You know, if I could even get the wheel off the ground, that was a big accomplishment. Yeah. And then you know, over the course of I don't know if it was a summer or two, you know, we could ride wheelies like it, I'd have to think it was like 200, 300 feet. Something wow, like that. that's impressive. And, uh, yeah, that was. I mean, it was so fun until of course <laughs> you know my neighbor's cousin shows up and like lands on his knees and bloodies him up and that's it no more wheelies, no more wheelies. <laughs> ruined it for everybody yeah. right <laughs> well you know what we always look for when we were kids is looking for those construction sites with those huge piles of dirt that could be like 20 or 30 feet high and uh, oh man when we found one of those it was it was game on not only did we ride our bikes but you know we had a dirt wars we had to pick up the clums, oh, yeah, clums, of, yeah. clums of dirt but i remember like the top of those those dump those those uh, dirt mounds where you would just go kamikaze head straight you know face uh, head down on your bike and you just you know you'd pray you didn't hit something uh, on the way down and go blasting off on the side of it it was so much fun yeah that's awesome. And yeah. I mean, me growing up, you know, in the, in the fields in Pennsylvania, you know, it's like, what can we, you know, how can we dig this pile of dirt higher, or, you know, run over corn stalks or, you know, whatever it was. I mean, it was, it was a blast. And, uh, yeah, it's always fun to, to just be out on the bike and, and jump in and crash in. And, yeah. 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 I remember we, we would had a, I lived in a very little tiny town in the middle of nowhere, and so we were surrounded by nothing, really, uh, except for this little town, and we had this one little convenience store. And so it was just so, like when you got your bike and your parents, because it was on a highway, when they like were like, okay, you can ride on 571, and, you know, and you'd go and you'd go to there and you'd bring your like dollar and get like, you know, a pack of garbage pail kids or, you know, gum or base, whatever you want, you know, from the store, and you just felt so cool oh yeah to be able to do that it yeah. was awesome yeah. yeah unfortunately where i was at there just wasn't anything around until i don't know i'd say probably when i was about 14 there was a little farm store that opened up and it was a solid two or three miles from the house and oh, so you know the the older kids they'd get on their their mini bikes and they'd rip through the cornfields oh, all the way down and i'd be you know standing there and like mom can i go <laughs> i was never really you know i never really by the time i was old enough to do it they were over it you know they were they, you know driving and everything and so yeah, yeah never really got to experience the fun experiences of the uh, the farm store <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that was it. Was good times. I mean, your bike was just it. It was it was uh, you know took you everywhere. You know, oh, um, yeah. and uh, you know, God forbid your bike would break or or something. You'd have to like, you always had one though, right? You had like an old one you could rely on and stuff. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. and I remember like around thirteen or fourteen is when um, mountain bikes became a big thing. And you know, oh look, I can shift. You know, the one kid was like, I got, I got a three gear shift. And then the next kid came out, I got a 10, you know, uh, and it was a mountain. And it was still the mountain bike, you know, and you're like, I'm sitting there on my huffy like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think probably around the same time um, was when the, the BMX uh, freestyle bikes came out. Mm -hmm. And there was a friend of my brother's, he had, you know, 
he had gotten like the top of the line GT. Had you know the the full down pegs in the front, oh, the pegs in the back. He had the, he had the full you know gyro on the the handlebars. We could go all the way around. And I remember he decided he was done with it and he was selling it. And like I was pleading with my dad, <laughs> you know, and so like, Dad, can you go halves with me, please? Can you go halves? And I don't know, it was probably 120 bucks or something. So I'm like scraping together all my you know birthday money and you know all that to to buy this Couch bike. Chain. <laughs> and and I think in the end like. It, there was like certain things he didn't want to sell so i had to buy like uh you know like the seat like my my own seat <laughs> like i think the crank i don't think he came with the crank i had to buy my own crank for it and, but in the end i mean i still have the bike it's hanging in my garage oh like, do you yeah, really it's the old gt performer so yeah oh that's slick yeah i love that bike yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever let your uh your son jack or or your daughter Nora uh, ride it you know it's funny uh, probably four years ago i got it out of the rafters i'm like oh this is gonna be awesome they're gonna love it yeah. and it had these tires on them it had the gt logo in the tire and they were white and i was like you know very proud of these when i was a kid because i'd yeah. gotten these really cool tires and of course they were dry rotted so bad that jack made it like you know maybe 50 feet down the road and the rubber's just like flaking off in chunks like it's mud <laughs> as these tires are just disintegrating so you know we obviously went out and bought some new just regular little black you know tires yeah. And, yeah. And, and you know he rode it a little bit but it's you know it's old it's creaky it's not as fun as the new you know mountain bike he has and stuff so. yeah <laughs> it's, it's funny and that's kind of one of the themes that we you know we'll probably talk about is just what we feel as our generation was so important and so necessary you know the next generation's like eh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dad. well and you know it's it's all uh, uh, you know for better or worse there's so many things that compete with that stuff now i mean yeah. you know we're both sitting here with you know phones in our pocket that you know you can see anything and everything and yet you know when we were kids if somebody had a transistor radio you're like oh man let's go awesome. ride our bikes somewhere and listen to the radio yeah. <laughs> yeah and if you knew somebody it was like super rich who had the little micro uh television with the oh, antenna on yeah. it that you could see, you know, like nothing, just static maybe. <laughs> but, you know, the idea of a pocket, you know, TV was amazing. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, it's second nature. Everybody's got a pocket television. Whatever, <laughs> yeah. Dad. Yeah. <laughs> so, Greg, I was thinking at the end of the episode, it'd be fun to go back and uh, give ourselves a report card and fact check anything that we may have said uh, incorrectly throughout the episode that's a really good idea just you know we're just talking off the cuff here we could have made a mistake yeah yeah so uh in the in the theme of that i did go back and check my statement about um the cure you know i said that that was their first album even though i i didn't actually check it and i said that but (laughs) in reality that was their second album um 17 seconds was the second album and the the three imaginary boys was from 1979 and that was their first uh first album oh okay good to know and uh i think at one point you had talked about the uh dukes of hazard jumping 180 feet and breaking that uh, speedboat jump when in fact it was 120 feet lest anybody think that uh, a speedboat jumped 180 feet it's only 120 good catch good catch Mm -hmm. Um, another thing that I said was that uh, the judges on American Idol were Lionel Richie, Katy Perry, and uh, country singer. And I didn't know his name, and I didn't say it, so I want to correct that and let uh, Luke Bryan know that uh, we know he's a judge, and uh, we won't make that mistake again. Our favorite judge. Yeah. 
Um, and I, I made the error in saying Michael Jackson had uh, hits across four decades, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, and that's really only partially true. He had uh, solo hits in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, but his hits in the 60s were part of the Jackson 5. So those technically are not uh, solo hits, but close enough. Yeah, good catch, good catch. Thank you. So as we wrap up, we'd actually have to uh, ask anybody if they have any questions to feel free to email us. Do you want to give them our uh, email address? Yeah, I think it's a good time in the report card to do that since we mentioned it earlier in the episode and never give you the opportunity to know what that email address is. So anyone who does want to email us, it's dads at latchkeydads.com. Feel free to email us and we'll be happy to respond sometimes. When we get there. (laughs) Or all the time. Or all the time. Feel free to email us and we'll get back to you. Thanks for listening. Yeah, hope you enjoyed it and stay tuned. We'll be back again soon. Tim, did you know that listeners should like, review, and subscribe to the Latchkey Dads podcast? No. (laughs) (laughs) But now I know. (laughs) No, he's not. (laughs) No, he's not.